you let me speak the name of Mike Flynn? I leaked nothing to nobody and never have and never would. And I will tell you, that attack on children yesterday had a big impact on me. Big impact that my attitude toward Syria and Assad has changed very much with a chemical gas that is so lethal people were shocked to hear what gas it was that crosses many many lines beyond a red line many many lines it's time to make america great again join the movement Caruso, the Neil A. Caruso Show, Show Podcast. Time to dream big. <laughs> Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, Thursday, April 6, 2017. America is back, and America is not taking any more nonsense. That is the storyline today as we record late in the evening on Thursday uh, because President Trump has launched an airstrike on Syria and we are now, uh, we have finally done something about this Assad regime, the murderous Assad regime that has uh, used chemical weapons against their own people. They did so for many years, for about seven years now, 2013. Obama said that he... We draw that he drew a red line, which was never enforced, and the so-called red line was gone over multiple times. They used chemical weapons against their own Syrian citizens, and now they've done it again. They've killed innocent women and children with a deadly gas on Tuesday, and President Trump uh, tonight at Mar-a-Lago uh, did announce after it was complete, which is a change, finally, we're doing things without choreographing it, that telegraphing exactly how we're going to uh, perform militarily. This is the first military action that President Trump had to take, and a very, um, an action that was not an easy decision, I'm sure. Now, here is what the president had to say before we analyze this further. This is what President Trump had to say Thursday night after the airstrikes were launched on Syria. This is President Trump. On Tuesday... Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad launched a horrible chemical weapons attack on innocent civilians. Using a deadly nerve agent, Assad choked out the lives of helpless men, women, and children. It was a slow and brutal death for so many. Even beautiful, Babies were cruelly murdered in this very barbaric attack. No child of God should ever suffer such horror. Tonight I ordered a targeted military strike on the airfield in Syria from where the chemical attack was launched. It is in this vital national security interest of the United States to prevent and deter the spread and use of deadly 
chemical weapons. There can be no dispute that Syria used banned chemical weapons, violated its obligations under the Chemical Weapons Convention, and ignored the urging of the UN Security Council. Years of previous attempts at changing Assad's behavior have all failed and failed very dramatically. As a result, the refugee crisis continues to deepen and the region continues to destabilize, threatening the United States and its allies. Tonight, I call on all civilized nations to join us in seeking to end the slaughter and bloodshed in Syria and also to end terrorism of all kinds and all types. We ask for God's wisdom as we face the challenge of our very troubled world. We pray for the lives of the wounded and for the souls of those who have passed. And we hope that as long as America stands for justice, then peace and harmony will, in the end, prevail. Good night, and God bless America and the entire world. Thank you. So you get a sense, and again, President Trump in uh, Mar-a-Lago on Thursday evening, you get a sense that his outlook on the world uh, really changed on Tuesday when he was meeting with the Jordanian king. Now, uh, the Jordans have been an ally uh, and um, somebody, you know, a crucial uh, relationship there. And tonight and tomorrow, he is meeting with the president of China, Xi Jinping, a communist, uh, a ruler in his own right that has been ripping us off of the massive trade deficit. And, um, you know, and, and Trump has been very critical of China, and they represent, um, uh, you know, like Russia, a big national security threat and interest in a relationship with them. Um, but put China aside, the situation in Syria, you got a sense on Tuesday night that President Trump, his outlook changed uh, when he saw the innocent babies, the innocent women and children uh, dying as a result of this, uh, this deadly gas, this uh, sarin attack. And he got a sense that he was really moved, upset by this. And, you know, a lot of people, they don't think that the president, Mr. Trump, has hearts. Um, I think that really showed through on Tuesday when he saw such a vicious, vile, deadly, murderous, disgusting, deplorable attack on by a government on its own nation. And President Trump knew that he had to take action. And he took swift action, very fast, going from Tuesday when this happened to reporting today that uh, you had Secretary of State Rex Tillerson saying that uh, steps were underway in terms of an international coalition to pressure Bashar al-Assad from, uh, from power uh, as President Trump was being briefed in Mar-a-Lago by his national security team, Defense Secretary James Mattis, National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, 
and others. And finally, we have a president who did not say what he was going to do, but knew that he was going to do something, did it, did it swiftly, and sent a message to our allies that we're going to back them up, to our adversaries, and we're not taking any nonsense from anybody, and to the country that we have someone who's serious about our interests and our American interests and our standing in the world. Now, if you were the president, um, this is an enormous, you know, when you talk about the enormity of the office, this is something that is a very tough decision. It is not easy. And you have, uh, obviously, protocols to go through, and ultimately, it's a president's decision. And, you know, when I think about all of the things that people complain about today, you know, all the snowflakes who complain about everything from, you know, poor me attitude and expecting things for free and that they feel oppressed. This, when you see something like this action in Syria that took place on Tuesday that is very uh, concerning to say the least, very upsetting, will change your outlook if you were the president and see this. And you see this type of action... And, you know, you want to talk about oppression? How about these Syrians who are being gassed to death by their own government? That's true oppression. And by the way, this is nothing new. This has been going on. This is a situation that is years in the making that thanks to Barack Hussein Obama, nothing has been done about this. So you have a president who finally says... We are not going to deal with this. We're not going to let chemical weapons be used against innocent human beings. And then Russia is part of the situation, too, in terms of our relationship with them. That's really what the media wants to focus on. Did Trump talk to Russia today? Did he talk to Putin? We'll talk about that in a second. Here's what um, Rex Tillerson had to say about Syria earlier today on Thursday afternoon and also um, mixed in with clips from Trump earlier in the week on Tuesday. Just listen to the attitude shift. Uh, the, not the attitude, the tone shift, and you get a sense he's uh, he's pretty worried. I think what happened in Syria is a disgrace to humanity, and he's there, and I guess he's running things, so something should happen. I think what Assad did is terrible. I think what happened in Syria is one of the truly egregious crimes, and it shouldn't have happened, and it shouldn't be allowed to happen. Assad's role in the future is uncertain, clearly, and it, with the acts that he has taken, it would seem that there would be no role for him to govern the Syrian people. When you see little babies that are dead from gas and a very, very, you know, heinous form of gas, which very few people have access to, it's bad stuff. That's bad stuff. Really bad. And you heard... Um President Trump earlier, uh, that from uh, tonight, and these clips uh, from earlier uh, in the day before Trump made the announcement following the airstrike, um, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson tonight is saying that uh, this clearly indicates that the president is willing to take decisive action when called for, willing to act when governments cross the line. Tillerson also says that Russia has failed in its responsibility. And according to some of the reporting that we're getting, and of course, this is not complete. We don't know all the details yet. But what we do know from what has come out, that Russia did not um, 
did not uh, deliver uh, Tillerson's words. I'm just reading some quotes here uh, on preventing the chemical weapons attacks in Syria. Now, uh, the Kremlin uh, on Thursday morning did come out and say that they don't have a, um, a support for Assad that is unconditional, uh, was the wording. Now, the Russians were actually at the base that the U.S. struck this evening, although Russia had uh, been warned of the attack, according to a U.S. defense official. Uh, but the Russians were still at the base, and they, um, I don't think they're too happy with us. But you know what? That's when you know, when people want to make all these accusations about Russia and Trump, and when you know that the, you know what has hit the fan, you have a president who is putting our interests first that does not want you know, we have a massive refugee crisis there. People are coming here. We don't know if they're, they support the Assad regime or if they're just innocent people. And people are still coming in from Syria, and President Trump has slowed down the refugee um, admissions but is making sure that the right people come in, and we know 100% if they're you know, women and children who are deeply oppressed, they can come in, um, and we'll take care of them. And we need to build a safe zone in Syria to keep people safe. But you have a president— who is adamant about putting our country first, about putting our interests first. And, and what does that mean? That means when a government oppresses people and goes against everything that our country stands for in terms of freedom, in terms of liberty, in terms of democracy, we will act. And, and it's important, you know, people call Trump an isolationist during the campaign, that's far from the truth. He's not an isolationist, but he's not going to intervene unless it's absolutely necessary, and today it was absolutely necessary. And it's very upsetting to see the human rights abuses that are occurring in Syria. And President Trump finally took action after an administration for eight years that did absolutely diddly squat in terms of the Syrian oppression, in terms of the Saudis terms of Iran, you know, we sent billions of dollars to Iran, but, you know, Trump is the is the problem. Unbelievable, okay? So this is what's going on uh, tonight in Syria, a very um, scary situation there for those that are, are living in Syria, and according to some reports, as Trump meets with uh, Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, in Mar-a-Lago, and he's there for the weekend, uh, Trump apparently informed the China's president of the strike uh, himself, personally. And you can see, you know, Trump's uh, tone shift there. Uh, but finally, you know, a seismic shift in policy. And finally, we are actually putting our interests first, taking action right away. We're not taking nonsense. And it seems like the Trump team, and they acted very swiftly, they acted properly. I mean, listen, Trump's going to come out of this presidency very gray because the mess that he has been dealt foreign policy-wise, and we've highlighted it here right here on the podcast, between North Korea's missiles, between Russia uh, that can annihilate us, between uh, Cuba, um, Iran, uh, China, and Syria, and the Middle East, um, you have a situation that, I mean— it is very tough to make the right decision, and I think President Trump did make the right decision. Time will tell, but he finally took action, 
uh, as the leader of this country to make sure that we are um, are dealing with these problems head on that threaten democracy, that threaten human beings. So all those that don't that don't believe Trump has a heart, that's evidence of it. Now, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson did say the steps are underway to build a coalition. Here's what's going to happen. This president, who wants to be successful, who truly wants the world to be safe, is going to—now, I'm just guessing here—presumably, so, uh, you can assume that he's going to work on building a coalition to target Assad, to bring down the Syrian regime— uh, the dictatorship, and usually the United States doesn't like to interfere, although Obama did, um, supporting the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. But what Trump's going to do is he's going to work on a coalition to defeat the Assad regime, and then guess what? ISIS, you're next. Your days are numbered. And we're going to knock the hell out of all of those who do not believe in American values and freedom and liberty and democracy. And that's what we're going to do. And so finally we have, and I keep saying finally, because thank God that Trump is president. Because without him, we wouldn't be acting so swiftly. You know, Hillary Clinton had an interview tonight, and I don't even want, I'm not even going to play the sound because I don't care, okay? But she has an interview where she says, you know, if, I'm, if I was president, uh, we would be launching an airstrike in Syria. <laughs> Minutes later, we launched an airstrike. Thanks, Hillary. We really needed your input, Okay. Um, just go away. Okay, no one asked for your input. You're not president. You're, you know, like for her to put her input and for all these people to interject their opinions, it is ultimately the president president of the United States' decision. And he made the right call tonight. And Hillary's got to give her input. If I was president, and then she blames the election loss tonight in an interview that, um, that it was WikiLeaks and that they released my emails. Well, you know, if you didn't use an email server illegally in your house, then your emails wouldn't be out there. If you did things the right way, if you didn't run a foundation that took money from all of these regimes and took money from all of these uh, dictators, you know, the Moroccan king that you were organizing to speak to the Clinton Foundation— and the Saudis, and Iran, and Kuwait, and Qatar. If you didn't take all this money, and if you didn't run a corrupt Clinton Foundation, and use an illegally used an email server, and lie about Benghazi when four Americans died, well, you know, maybe, just maybe, you would be present. But you know what? You're not, because you're not an honest person. Okay? And so President Trump is the president, and if you cannot, at this point, you know, because it goes back to this. If you cannot at this point support our president for putting our interests first, for dealing with this um, disgusting display of of murder of one's own citizens, if you cannot get behind our president for dealing with this human rights violation head on and dealing and and getting action right away and making sure that they know that we're not going to let them cross the line, that we are going to be there to protect democracy and protect our nation. If you still cannot support the president based on that, then leave. Then why don't you go to Syria, okay? Go to Canada, go to Mexico, go to El Salvador, okay? If you cannot get it behind our president at this point. Because it is what President Trump's been 
handed is a not only a mess, but it is a complete. Um, a, I'll use mess for lack of a better term because it's laden, uh, and there's a lot. I mean, there's just so much news coming out of today. Okay, and I'll get into that in a second because I do want to just allude to some things. If you cannot get behind the president when he has been dealt this entire mess of of foreign policy, um, then you don't belong here. There is um, there needs to be respect for our president. He did a he had to act with a tough decision tonight, and you have to give him credit where credit's due. And if you're just going to obstruct, and Neil Gorsuch coming uh, coming up uh, after the break, because tomorrow he's going to be, he will be on the Supreme Court tomorrow. Let's put it that way. If at this point, with all of this stuff that is going on internationally, and and they want to come here and destroy our democracy, and you know, President Trump's meeting with China to make sure that American workers are getting advantage and American products can be sold in China. And listen, you want to talk about climate change? Well, China has over a billion people in their country. So at this point, President Trump has his work cut out for him. And it's really tough. I would not want to be the president. I would not want to be the president. And he's going to come out of this with so much gray hair. Um, And I make a joke of that, but it's true because um, it is in a terror world, in a world that has gone absolutely bonkers, these are the type of tough decisions that a president makes, and you have to respect the office, and you have to respect the fact that he took action right away so that it doesn't come here to the United States. Now, there was a lot of news today. Uh, this, obviously, the top story. There was other other news coming out of Washington, including Devin Nunez, um, the Republican in California House Intelligence Chairman, who has recused himself from the Russia investigation. Now, I don't agree with him uh, stepping down. Now, I heard Newt Gingrich uh, tonight. He was on, actually, Bill O'Reilly's program, and he said that he spoke to uh, Devin Nunez. And, and he, Now, Newt agrees with me, the fact that you know he really didn't have to step down. This gives Democrats a little bit of ammunition. But the reason was he just doesn't want any—you know, he's been criticized. He's become a household name the last three weeks. And he just doesn't want to deal with— um, or he doesn't want to put fellow Republicans in a bad spotlight, in a bad um, position, that they're going to have to defend Nunez and they're going to have to deal with uh, the fact that he had these conversations with the White House when now that information has been shown, showing that surveillance did occur of President Trump and his campaign and questions that we have to get to, those Documents have now been seen by the ranking Democratic uh, member of the House Intelligence Committee, and there will be uh, two Republicans, Trey Gowdy and someone else, I forget, but Trey Gowdy, uh, you know, from the House Select Committee on Benghazi. Uh, The Republican from South Carolina, a former prosecutor, will be one of the people uh, to be the House Intelligence uh, Oversight Chairman. They oversee the uh, intelligence uh, agencies. Now, it's so deep in Washington, and there are so many issues in terms of, you know, the bureaucracy that is against the Trump, against Trump. and you're having Republicans tonight like Marco Rubio, McCain, Lindsey Graham, uh, who are praising Trump for this action, well, it's about time that you support the president, because they've been so willy-nilly to leave and jump out, not Rubio, but mostly McCain and, and Lindsey Graham, 
Now, you look at the other surveillance that we know what happened. You know, Susan Rice has contradicted herself on what, you know, when did she order unmasking of names? She clearly knows what unmasking is. Does she do this illegally? Um, did, and you could go to, I think that was uh, Monday's podcast where I went over the litany of everything. Uh, Monday or, or Tuesday. Um, I think it was Monday. Yeah, Monday went over all the details. I Honestly, all the days are going into each other because you have such a uh, news that's coming out in droves. You have the health care, and it seems like that's not going to happen until after Republicans come back, after Congress uh, returns. They're only working nine days this month, okay, which is insanity to me. They don't show up for work. They're only working nine days. You're going to go home and, and try to speak with constituents and all that nonsense. And they still don't have a plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. The market is concerned over the fact that um, the tax reform, you know, Congress is going to obstruct this. And all they do is obstruct. And all they want to do is bring a um, – is embarrass Trump when he's dealing with these issues in foreign policy that, uh, honestly, no, it is – he is the leader of the free world. And you have to recognize that there are some tough decisions and you have to show some respect. If you're going to just obstruct everything for the entire Trump presidency, you're going to be gone in 2018. Hopefully. Hopefully the American voters speak up on that. So when we come back, obstruction, what did Schumer say in 2013 in terms of that? And, you know, the nuclear option now has been enforced and they're going to have a vote for Neil Gorsuch, Judge Neil Gorsuch, uh, to be on the Supreme Court. And I can guarantee you, lock it up. As of Friday at 11.30 a.m., George Neal Gorsuch will be justice in the Supreme Court. But how do we get to this point? We'll talk about that next on the Neil A. Gorsuch Show podcast. So don't go anywhere. I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes... My opponent's youth and President Reagan, and neither will you. Passionate talk and real solutions for America on the Neil A. Caruso Show podcast. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. NeilACaruso.com Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. I'm not. M2. I'm not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update! I'm gonna let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. 
Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Neil A. Crusoe tells you what you need to know on the Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast. All right, we continue on this Thursday, April 6th. Um, And listen, uh, the Democrats have to get with the program because what you're seeing is total obstruction of everything that, uh, that Trump was elected for, that the American people voted for on November 8th. Uh, which is really sad, and it's sad what uh, had to be done today because you have Judge Neil Gorsuch, who is really not that conservative. I mean, he's conservative, but what did you expect when you got a Republican president? Republicans are elated over this, but, you know, what did you expect? Hillary Clinton would have elected a progressive judge that would have changed the shape of the Supreme Court uh, from 200 years, okay? So she would have really made a major shift— And, you know, for the worse, in my opinion, and, you know, the opinion of many, you want to uphold the Constitution, not change it. Now, the Democrats, though, they see everything as a fight. You know, tax reform, if that doesn't get done, they're going to be gone because there are a lot of Democrats. Now, there are some safe Democrats. Unfortunately, Schumer's safe in New York, although I didn't vote for him. Um, And you have other, um, you know, you have senators, there are four Democratic senators who are voting uh, for Gorsuch tomorrow, and that's because they're in blue states, you know, Manchin being one of them. They're in blue states uh, that went red for Trump. And so it's a weird situation because typically blue, or at least, you know, under Obama twice, and they voted for Trump, which goes to show you, you know, if all those people voted for Obama twice— are these people bad people? You know, do you actually believe that they're bad people? A lot of people voted for Obama twice, voted for Trump. So you're having um, a fight over everything, and if tax reform doesn't get done, you're going to have Democrats gone. If health care doesn't get done, well, you're going to have Republicans that are going to be gone. And they have to answer to their constituents. How do they go back and say, yeah, we just, we totally effed that up? You know, we, we didn't have a plan, we didn't have consensus, we didn't talk to our our people, after seven and a half years of empty promises, apparently, and then you have the tax reform, if that doesn't get done, and uh, relieve people when they're paying large sums, and there's been tax reform since 1986, and dealing with uh, large taxes this tax season, and you have companies who are paying such high rates and want to bring back money from overseas but need it to be brought down to a, a 10% repatriation so that they can invest in America again. I mean, listen, auto companies are doing it, but they're expecting tax relief. And then what's to say that the $100 billion that have been invested in the U.S. and 1.8 million American jobs don't just go away overnight with this obstruction? If the tax reform doesn't get done, they'll leave. And then the market is back where it was under Obama, and that's not Trump to blame. This is now Congress, okay? Trump, his agenda is is a pro America, America first agenda that puts our 
interests first, whether it be national security interests, foreign policy, the economy. Look at it. It's very common sense. And why wouldn't you want to keep more of your own money? But if you want to pay more taxes, then why don't you just donate your money? Donate it to the Treasury Department. We could use it. Um, now, Neil Gorsuch, uh, at 11.30 on Friday morning, will be in front of a in front of a uh, vote for for uh, to be justice on the Supreme Court. Well, he won't necessarily be there, but the vote will be happening tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. to put him on the Supreme Court. They had to invoke, Repu Senate Republicans had to invoke the nuclear option today. Now, what does this all mean? Well, typically, you need 60 votes in the Senate to get anything passed. Now, the nuclear option kind of gives a bad name. What it really is that the Senate changed the rules, as they can do, and Democrats changed the rules in 2013. In fact, you know what the Democrats did in 2013? That every single one of Obama's nominees for cabinet positions, etc., they, and this was its second term, the Senate Democrats under Harry Reid invoked this so-called so nuclear option, which meant that all they needed was a simple majority of Democratic support for nominees. And a lot of Republicans did support Obama. They were not obstructing to the extent that Democrats are. And uh, I'm just getting an alert here as we're talking. It seems like the Pentagon has released uh, the video of the military strike in Syria if you're interested in taking a look at that. Um I'll take a look at it when we're done with this podcast, but uh, that wouldn't really help much as audio, and we'll have more on Sunday, I'm sure, about this whole uh, airstrike and details on that. Um, you know, so Democrats in 2013 evoked this so-called nuclear option that said we don't need any Republicans. We only need Democratic support um, or really a simple majority. We need 51 votes instead of 60. Now, typically nominees need 60, and you hear Schumer saying over and over, well, Gorsuch didn't get 60, and that means the majority of people don't want Gorsuch. Uh, that's not true. You work for us. The majority of Americans wanted Trump, wanted Neil Gorsuch. Okay? So grow up, put your big boy pants on, put your diaper on, and if you got to crap yourself, you crap yourself, but Schumer, go away. Because by obstructing everything, you're just making people angry. And you're you're not getting anything done. When you talked about for all of these years, you know, nothing's getting done in Congress, it's gridlock, blah, 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 and all this whining, we'll do something about it. Why don't you try to work together? Now, he goes, uh, this, this is not how things work, by the way. So he says, well, you know, the Senate and the President should work together on a nominee. That is not how it works. I don't know if I had to teach him how Supreme Court law works, but, you know, it is the president's responsibility to nominate somebody, him alone, based on reports that he may get. He may ask for different opinions. He will seek out the American Bar Association, which has Gorsuch as a top rated. That is a big factor in this. And other um, associations that would rate a judge, and Gorsuch is top on everything and has a stellar record, stellar, spotless, no controversy. Now, the only thing that he didn't do was he wouldn't say how he would judge something. He didn't prejudge anything. What a shame. He didn't, he didn't tip his hand, obviously, because he's like an umpire. That's like saying, oh, yeah, I root for the Mets, so um, if I'm the umpire in the World Series, uh, the Mets are going to get all the good calls. And I'm just, If it's a bang-bang play, he's safe automatically. You know, if it's uh, Jose Reyes running down the first baseline. That's that's the analogy that I'm going to use here. 
and they wanted Gorsuch to tip his hand, and then they would be able to get him out. But then what's, if Gorsuch was just up there and and was denied, then they what's to say that they wouldn't put a more conservative justice on the Supreme Court? And the Democrats would be even more mad. Just get the job done, okay? At this point, we just need a function. We need a fully functioning government with politicians doing their public service as they promise you have a president who's working for free literally donating his salary okay and putting it into government um agencies that need it that are suffering that don't have um you know like our treasury department the 20 trillion dollar debt thank you barack hussein obama so on this uh, nuclear option the senate today voted 52 to 48 to change the rules for the first time to bypass this filibuster and all this nuclear option is is a fancy word for saying we're changing the rules so that you can't filibuster a Supreme Court nominee, which has never been done before in American history. The filibuster has been misused for everything. A filibuster is supposed to be on a big piece of legislation. There's, it's supposed to be debate. It's been used wrongly as a delay tactic, and that's not what the filibuster was meant to be for. It's supposed to be for debate, constructive debate. Instead, they bring in all these charts. You know, there was a Democratic senator, some wacko, that was there all night, literally, what was it, uh, 15 hours or something like that, 17 hours? And he was there on the House floor. He's going over all these charts. No one's watching him. I mean, if you think he spent a one viewer at 3 a.m., you're wrong. I mean, unbelievable. Okay, and this is what they do. This is what they waste their energy on. And they're just going to obstruct everything, and eventually Trump's just going to ram things down and say, you know what? I don't need you. Now, the unfortunately, Republicans gave Democrats a chance today and said, okay, listen, let's try to work with you. What would Let's vote for cloture. Can we move this forward for a debate, for a, uh, for a vote? And Democrats filibustered. And Mitch McConnell said, well, I tried. Let's uh, invoke the nuclear option. So this strips the minority party, in this case the Democrats, and the Senate of power to use a filibuster. Changes uh, the vote total back to break a filibuster from 60 votes to 51. There are 52 Republicans in Congress. Uh, now, in November 2013, the Democrats used a nuclear option. They changed the rules themselves. And the sheer hypocrisy of what they did, and now they're complaining, they used this for executive branch and judicial nominations, uh, lower court, not the Supreme Court, nominations. And this is what Chuck Schumer had to say in 2013, November 2013, about obstruction. We'd much prefer the risk of up or down votes in majority rule than the risk of continued total obstruction. That's the bottom line, no matter who's in power. Oh, okay. But now, four years later, oh, I never said that. I love the internet now because you can just dig up anything that anyone said in history and figure out, you know, what do they stand for? And he is such a hypocrite, it's unbelievable. You know, we don't, uh, no party should be obstructing. They obstruct in every damn thing that goes in front of them. They're not doing the people's work. Democrats' uh, rule changes in 2013 did not apply to Supreme Court nominees, as I said. Republicans hold a 52 to 48 majority in the Senate, and so Neil Gorsuch tomorrow should be confirmed with all Republicans and four Democratic supporters. Friday morning, 11.30 a.m., you can expect that we will have a full Supreme Court back. And so tomorrow, we'll cover that, plus... Um, 
I don't know if you heard this. Chelsea Clinton may be running in 2020. What experience does she have? Hmm. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll have a little fun on a Friday. Maybe a little shorter. Uh, more reaction on Syria as we get more details coming out from the Pentagon this evening. Uh, so we'll have that all covered for you tomorrow and then on the Neil A. Kurtzer Show on Sunday, which is shaping up to be a, uh, a very busy one. And that'll be the last show before Easter. And then we'll have uh, we'll celebrate Easter for those who are celebrating. I think it's Greek Easter, the same day, by the way, on uh, on next Sunday, not this Sunday, the following Sunday. So we'll have that covered for you, and we'll continue on the Syrian uh, regime, and we'll get the responses. Benjamin Netanyahu sending his message of support tonight to President Trump and our allies coming through. So President Trump doing the right thing tonight. A very tough decision. But America is first, and we are back, and we're not taking nonsense from anyone. God bless you. God bless America. Talk to you tomorrow. The Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast is a production of Crusoe Enterprises, engaging, informing, and entertaining, passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Crusoe on social media. And log on to neilacrusoe.com to sign up for Crusoe's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.